Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval. Get out of the big city and experience a construction zone free test drive. There is such a thing. The Standing By podcast with Terry Demonte. That's me and Ted Bird. That's That'd be him. me. Um, it's episode six. Episode VI, as we like to call it in Rome. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's it's going to be a classy episode because, as you can see, we already have company. That's right. And before I introduce you to our guest, we must say thank you to our friends at Jaguar Land Rover Laval. They're back as our title sponsor for a second year in a row. We thank Nino and Renato DiCubellis, the owners of Jaguar Land Rover Laval. And uh, our biggest booster over there, their marketing director, Adrian McGrath, who has set Terry and I up with a Land Rover Discovery Sport this week so that I can squire Terry around town. That's a pretty snazzy vehicle, that one. Sure is. It's got a nice elegance and super comfortable. And you even figured out how to get the phone on it. I did, and it only <laughs> took me two days. <laughs> Actually, I got that figured out on the first yeah, day. Yeah. Beautiful vehicle. And, you know, you can, get, you can get all kinds of different brands of luxury vehicle, but what really separates Jaguar Land Rover Laval from the pack is the customer service. They take a customer-centric approach. It's part of their culture, and it starts at the top with Nino and Renato, who are two of the nicest guys you would ever want to meet. And if you don't believe me, go up and meet them. Go up there and say, hey, I'd like to meet Nino and or Renato. And uh, if they're not knee-deep in something, they'll come down and say hello to you. And then they'll hand you off to uh, one of their sales reps and go from there. And you might find yourself leaving there in a beautiful Jaguar or a spectacular Land Rover. JaguarLaval.ca or LandRoverLaval.ca. If you're in the market for that kind of a vehicle, check them out. Don't go. You can go elsewhere, but don't make a purchase until you go there and see what they've got at Jaguar Land Rover Laval. If you're a regular uh, visitor to the podcast, uh, you'll know this is a, a bit of a different uh, start, a bit of a different format. As you can see, we already have company here. Uh, this is uh, the fabulous Maureen Holloway. Mo and I have been friends for a thousand years. Maureen is a uh, uh, born and raised Montrealer who went to Toronto and became one of Toronto's biggest radio and television stars and uh, has just recently um, left that uh, longtime gig and uh, has the same kind of footprint on her back that I had on mine. Um, and we're excited that she's here to tell us about her adventures and travels. Hello, Mo. Hi. Hi, Terry. Hi, Ted. I had no idea you were a born and raised Montrealer. I'm from the West Island. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah, Sacred, yeah, sacred Heart Girl, right? Together. Yeah, I'm from Dollard. Yeah. I didn't, I, honestly, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. When did you move away? Uh, my family moved here with the Great Exodus, right? And oh, I okay, yeah. When I stayed, I went to boarding school at Sacred Heart up mm -hmm. on the hill. Yep. And um, and then I did move away physically, but then I was on the air with you guys for like a yeah. decade. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but were you on? Were you? Was I part of the show when when yeah, she was on the air? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Was, uh, there, there was has been many go rounds with Mo, yeah. um, and uh, it started at the mix. And then it was at Shome, yeah. and then you, you, I brought you with me to Calgary. That's right. And then you, when then I back. went, and then when I went back to Shome, you came back again. 
Yeah. Um, and in Calgary, you were like a co-host with me. I was on with you four times a morning. Yeah. But Ted, I was on with you and Andre Mezenov. Oh, that's there right. Yeah. Go. God rest his soul. I, I think about him no. so often, Mo. And I do things on the air every day little bits that I learned or stole from Andre along the way. Like whenever it's a nice day, I always say, I may take my blouse off. (laughs) Which is what, that's so Andre. (laughs) It's a nice day, Andre. I know, I may take my blouse off. He's funny. He was funny. I remember ordering a gin and tonic and he said, actually it was a friend of ours. And he said, what are you, a widow? (laughs) And then... In two weeks ago, we, my husband and I were in Miami, and you know we decided, well, we're going to smoke cigarettes, all right? Don't tell anybody. But we're on vacation, and it's nice outside, so we're standing in line, and he, John steps up to the, the bodega window and says, I'll have a pack of 100s. And I said, what are you, divorcee? <laughs> And that was an Andre comment, so yeah. it's just in your mind. It's oh, again, God rest his soul. What did, what was he yeah. known as on the air in Ottawa and in Cat, Toronto? Catfish he was Morgan. Catfish, Catfish Morgan. Morgan, yeah, yeah. But he came to Montreal, and and it was smart. Yeah. He uh, he went back to his original francophone name, Andre Mazenev. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you say, God rest his soul. He was such a good guy. Yeah, far too, yeah. Far too young. Yeah. Far, he went far too young. Um, Mo, um, how long were you at CHFI? I was I was on a, a, a five years five years five year contract that was not renewed. Yeah, and then prior to that, you were at uh, prior to that Q107. I was at Q one oh seven, and then I was there years. for fifteen years. Yeah, exactly. did you work well, at any I, of the big stations in Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> For people who don't know, it yeah. doesn't get any bigger than CHFI and yeah. Q107. Yeah. Uh, and while I was, whilst I was on at Q107, I was also doing a feature across the country, including uh, those four breaks that I did with Terry in yeah. Calgary and Rock 101 in, in uh, 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 Vancouver, Q104 in Halifax. So I, I've worked with I've worked with uh, with Jake uh, Edwards. I've worked with. Um, John <laughs> John Derringer. Uh, oh yeah, Derringer for years, yeah, for years, yeah, for, for years, and then before that, I was at uh, the mix here as well as the mix in Montreal. So I was on Montreal. I've been pretty yeah. much consistent. So I, I yeah. still get people who who ask about you, and I'm sure you've seen it on social media because I know I have Mo. People miss you, and that's nice. Yeah, hey, you, you know, get a lot of lovely comments. Hey, about people who same, miss you. Same to you, Terry, and same with you. That I mean, I I left under uh, they didn't renew my contract for all, and and it was an ugly situation. And I had to sign a letter saying I would never say anything negative about Rogers now and forever. Yeah. Or so I can't. Yeah. Um, I I'll I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take care of that for you. So you you had to sign a letter, or you chose to sign a letter. Well, I just at that point I just wanted to get get the hell out. It wasn't worth the fight. Well. With, okay. with, with the kind of skullduggery that went on mm-hmm. and the, the disingenuousness that yeah. went on and the ugliness that is now corporate entities in all businesses, including media, there was a, a, a lot of uh, what I would regard as uh, skullduggery and unfair, um, just really unfair, classless, underhanded, underhanded yeah. not dignified treatment of somebody who was beloved by the audience, beloved by her co-workers, and um, was was treated, I think, in a very piss-poor way. And it's it's not, it, believe me, it, it's, it's not 
um, it's not unique to Rogers. They all have now uh, tackled this model where, you know, you, uh, you do afternoon drive in Calgary and you do afternoon drive in Toronto. You do middays in Lloydman. It, like, it's all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody's doing yeah. six, seven, yeah. eight jobs. And I, I, Mo and I have talked about this. I feel like there was some, it was like the meeting, it's like the Godfather. I think there was a meeting of the head of the five families. And at that meeting, it was decided that all of the well-paid, highly regarded, uh, massively listened to talent be disposed of and replaced with people who would work much cheaper. And, and that's what's happening across the well, business. Well, that's that's an ironic metaphor that you use the five families because if it were still families yeah. running the companies, I think it would be different and people like you and Mo would be still em- yeah. gainfully employed at big radio and stations, I, but the families sold to corporations and, and I, that's the problem. I think, Mo, you would, you would probably echo this. I'm not complaining. I had a wonderful run. I enjoyed every single minute of it. And it's just uh, the way it ended was shitty. Yeah. I had a lady call me up the other day to pick up clothes for, I think it's cerebral palsy. And uh, I said, yeah, I got, I got a bunch. And uh, she said, is this Maureen Holloway on the radio? And uh, I said, yes, there's, I feel sorry if there's another Maureen Holloway out there who's not on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh I said, yeah. And she said, oh, you're not on anymore. And I said, really? <laughs> I said, no, I'm not. And she said, you know what? You had a good run. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, well, you know, she's not wrong. No, she's not. You did have not. a good run. But yeah. it's, like, you wouldn't say that to, yeah. to a teacher or a doctor or no. any other. You know, you would not feel that it was your right to tell them yeah. when it's up. Yeah. Well, but, it could- you know... Sorry, go ahead, Ted. I was going to say, it could be worse, Mo. Last summer, I was hosting a comedy show at uh, at a local eatery, um, and Pat Hickey, who writes for the Montreal Gazette, was, was one of the performers that night, and he was driving there with his wife, and he said... Uh, uh, she said, who's hosting the show? And he said, Ted Bird. And she said, Ted Bird? I thought he died. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. We're none of us that old, for God's yeah, sake. Jesus. But um, I, my, I, younger, my, my speaking of other professionals, my younger son, Ronan, um, whom you know, Terry, yeah. is in his first year of law school and uh, also getting a master's in English and, you know. He's going to be a judge before he's 30. And he should be because he's very judgy. <laughs> but he's, got a, he's, he's interviewing for a job this summer working for uh, as a research assistant for a law professor, U of T, who started teaching in 1966. Oh, my so, gosh. You're kidding. So he did the wow. math. And he's highly regarded yeah. and you know super renowned. Same thing with justices. Yeah. The guy's 82. Right. Well, and so, we yeah. talked about this just the other day with uh, Ted and I were talking about this in the green room. Leslie Stahl is 80 uh, from yeah. CBS. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Michaels, who called the Super Bowl, is in his late 70s. Yeah. You know, down down in America, um, being really good at your gig and earning a good salary to be really good at your gig is not considered something that will cost you your job. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but let's let's just let cards on the table here, and and I'm not saying this with uh, any grievance because <clears throat> it's overdue. 
But I mean, I know for a fact that one of the reasons why I was pushed aside uh, was yes, money. I was I'm expensive and deservedly so. I've been in this business almost 40 years, never been let go. It's awful to be let go at the end of your career mm -hmm. for the first time. Uh, but also um, maybe too old for the gig and certainly too pale. And I'm not saying that with grievance. It's a different world now. And there, the onus is on represent, representing the people that listen to you. And I'm all in favor of that. I didn't particularly want to have to pay the price personally, but I understand that that is also part of the deal. I mean, listen, I came up in radio when there were no women. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Unless they were traffic reporters, right. which is how I started. Now being being a woman isn't enough. No, <laughs> no, it so, isn't. So well, that's part of the deal. You and and I'm no lawyer, but never saying anything again about a company. I'm not. When, I know. When Ronan gets, you know, when he passes the bar, <laughs> ask him if that'll hold up in court because I don't think it will. But he doesn't want to. He, he doesn't want to practice that kind of law. And no. This is kind of in keeping. He wants. He's in, 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 interested in. Um, uh, a constitutional law or oh. environmental law. He has wow. no desire to go work on Bay Street. So, right. and maybe that might change, but yeah. Yeah. that's where he's at. Yeah, I j it just it seems to me, you know, I more and more because I still so I know so many people in the industry still. If I hear the word NDA one more time, they you know oh, they're threatening all of these kids who are in the business. NDA with, being non-disclosure agreements. Yes, non-disclosure. Those yeah. are illegal. They yeah. will not hold up. If anybody yeah. it asks you to yes. sign one, sign away. Yeah. Because they do not hold up, and yeah. they will be made illegal. Yeah, and they they treat it these 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 wannabes in these corporate offices are treating it like they work for the goddamn White House, like they're with the Secret <laughs> Service. You know, we're going to offer you uh, $31,000 a year to do afternoon drive, and if you tell anybody, <laughs> you know, and we find out about it... I mean, I'd honestly. be too embarrassed to tell anybody. <laughs> have you ever? Yeah, have you ever heard of anybody who lost a gig because no, they violated no. an NDA? It's all theater, Mo. It's it's all theater. It's all. Theater, it's all I'm gonna you or it's all that all of that stuff. And I, I fostering. Uh, yeah, and it's I silly. Yeah, we have we have so many other uh, you know uplifting things to talk about. But I, <laughs> I no, but I, I really you know you had you really had a wonderful run. Like here. The people inside the building, I've talked about this before and I won't go on and on about it, but the, the people inside the building where I was working, they, inside the building in Montreal, they said, we're going to make sure you have a nice send-off. And they yeah. did. And they, they did. did. It they was did. really nice. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Wood, who was the program director there, and my wife Jess and a couple of other people worked very hard to make sure I had a nice send-off. The company had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I know. And the company would have been happy if they could have if they could have saved that money. Yeah. But but the the skullduggery and the the way that you were, you know, ushered out the door yeah. was was unfortunate. Did you and get to say goodbye, Mo? I did get to say goodbye, but that one of the <laughs> one of the conditions was that I signed that letter. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I got the hell out. And honestly, and and listen, the two people that took over for me are lovely people, and mm -hmm. I uh, hold there's nothing to do with them. Yeah. Nothing to do with them. Yeah. Um, and I wish them well, but I have not listened to that station. In fact, I barely listened to any station since the day I walked out. And I stopped, and about four weeks later, my kids, my two sons said, Mom, you've got to stop following 
everyone you know from the station on yeah. social media. You have to, you have to, because it's making you sick. Yeah. Um, so I did, and it was so cleansing. And so I mean, you know, I, I, I had, okay, I spent two months feeling sorry for myself. Yeah. Well, year. Um, and you know, and, there's, there's people, people who are going to listen to this, Mo, and say, fuck off, you guys <laughs> complaining about your great lives. That's not what we're doing. And, no, you know, I'm going to, yeah. I eh? loved it. And yeah, I'm getting me back too. to what you said at the beginning of the show. So the listeners, yeah, yeah. the listeners who follow, who, who yeah. still follow me on, on various social media platforms are amazing. Yeah. And I miss them and as much as they miss me. I was uh, yesterday uh, or today or 200 years ago, I rented a car at the Dorval airport. And when I was finished, the two people behind the counter said, I, I'm, I'm sorry to bother you, but are, are you Terry DeMonte from Shome? And I said, I am. And they said, oh, I thought so. We recognized I thought him. you died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, we thought we recognized your voice and we just want, we want you to know we miss you on the radio. Yeah. And that, I said, that's such a lovely compliment. It yeah. was really, really, really nice. But it's time for new chapters. And I, and and I know you've already begun because you you've been to hither and yon. Please tell me what well, what have okay, you been doing? So what have I been up to? So well, if, the feeling sorry for myself took a lot of time. <laughs> yep. Um, and then uh, was then there was wine crazy. involved? So that, what's that? Was there wine involved? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there was wine. <laughs> there still is wine. Yes, there will always <laughs> and be and wine. Getting up in the morning makes it oh. easy for wine to be involved. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you that. But uh, yeah, so there we went to John and I went to uh, to Charlevoix a couple of times. Um, so we're looking at buying some property there, north of Quebec City, which is really funny because I tell Montrealers that and they go, "Where? <laughs> you guys don't know about it any better than Torontonians. No. It's like the, the most most beautiful area in, in the country." Um, so that's something we're thinking of doing, and uh, so yeah. Um, I'm going to do a podcast with my friend Wendy Mesley. Now there's oh uh, well, how's, there's how's that that's for two big. That's names? news. Yeah, that yeah. is yeah. news. Yeah, yeah, and it's I got to tell you, you guys, it's not easy getting it off the ground, it and that the learning curve is incredibly steep. It is. And Wendy is a renowned uh, journalist who also was T given talk yeah. about getting the bums rush. Yeah, yeah, right. she, like, for all the I wrong reasons. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. I think she's got. Of the print of two feet on her back. She she used, off. the story is legendary, but most people got it wrong. She quoted someone and used the, the N-word in a meeting at yeah. the CBC. Yeah. This is after a 40-year career of being one of the best journalists this country's ever produced. And she was quoting a black journalist. Um, in a she meeting. She never said that word, and she no. never insisted that she should. And uh, somebody complained, and it being the CBC, and it being uh, like a month after George Floyd was murdered, she paid the price with her entire career and yeah. maligned and reviled. And now what most people seem to remember is, oh, you're Wendy Mesley. You're the one that said the N-word. That's all they know. God, just awful. So yeah, she's in the, angry. In the so context that she said it, it was... To, to me, yeah. it was People have taken the whole thing out of context and demonized her. And wrongly yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, she's lovely. And we've become really good friends over the last few years. Um, so we thought we would team up because she wants to be funny and I want to be earnest. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great idea. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's just terrific. She's probably. Like, you know what? 
Wendy, it's not easy to be funny, okay? I, no, but <laughs> as an anchor person, like, you know, especially at the at the, the bloody CBC, the staid, good old CBC, she must mm-hmm. be, because I've met her and, you know, had s- s- sat across from her with a martini or two. She's a riot. And she, and she must be bursting at the seams to get oh, that out. And, she, and, and, but she's such a nerd, I got to tell you. <laughs> so do you have a format in mind or just yeah. freewheeling? Yeah. No, it's well, it's called Women of Ill Repute. Uh, although she's the one of ill repute. You know, everybody loves me. Um, and the plan is to, we've only done a demo just to sort of feel each other out. And the learning curve is huge technically yeah. and all that. And then the idea is that we're going to have a third person, not necessarily a woman, it could be a man or woman and everything in between, um, to talk, somebody who's pushed the envelope, somebody who's either found themselves in a in a pickle or in an awkward situation or and has used that to their advantage. So, you know, Wendy was like, oh, we'll get Jane Fonda and Cher. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is a woman who admittedly had someone carry her shoes into the studio for her for thirty years. <laughs> but she's got a big national profile, so she's probably story. pretty plugged in. Yeah, she is plugged in. Yeah, so, but it, so we're we're working on that, and uh, it's hard. It's not, e- it's not yeah, easy. and and you know we did we did what we called. I didn't. I, we didn't know what we were doing either, and still don't. Um, we called it season one and we did 10 episodes and now this is season two and we thought we'll get guests and it's not easy, you know, we got me. well, listen, <laughs> we, you, you're, uh, we're thrilled that you said yes, because you know, it's, you, you, there are so many podcasts out there. I know. Right. So right? It, we all want to be smart list. We I, all want to be, yeah, well, we don't want to be Joe Rogan. And, but, well, you know. if, if you're Jason Bateman and you know, Sean Hayes, that's a pretty good Rolodex those guys have, you know, right? when you can get Paul McCartney to come on your podcast, um, <laughs> that's a pretty good get. So, uh, you know, our, our Hallmark get is you. You're, you're well, our- well I'm, I'm, I can't tell you how happy I am to be here. So it's called Women of Ill Repute. Yes. And uh, and we're going to try to get this. Um, we're going to try to get four episodes in the bag okay. for starters, because we don't have sponsors coming out of the gate. I mean, the fact that you guys did is testament to your reputations in uh, in Montreal. So we're going to just put it out there and see if anybody will want to want to pay for that. And also, you know, it's it keeps us busy. So yeah, it's fun. To and do. we're having a blast. Yeah. Um, and and it's a great project for a couple of friends to do. And I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm doing that. Um, and I'm also hoping to write i've got you know a couple of probably have everybody says they have a book in me novelists love that right yeah yeah. it's like everybody says they have a podcast in them and broadcasters love to hear that yeah um but i would like this is the only opportunity i'm ever going to get to do that so i'm going to plug into that my wife was uh, uh trying to help me get along a memoir and uh yeah oh yes it's tough it's you know, tough. like it's writing is, uh, you know, to sit down every day, you know, and a couple of people, a couple of people who are, are good writers, Terry Mosher, who's written all kinds of books. He said to me, you know, sit down and get, you know, get four, at least four or five pages done a day and then go back to yeah. it. And it, that, that's, you know, those scenes of authors sitting in the room in front of the typewriter doing this, yeah. that's, that's a thing. Like it's, it's I know, not I'm, easy. I'm reading. 
I've been reading a lot of books on writing. Uh, Stephen King, whether you like him or not, he can write a book. Oh, no kidding. And and doesn't he, 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 they just shoot out of them, don't they? Well, he said, you know, he's written a book called, and if you're an aspiring writer, you've probably read it or heard of it. He's just got a book called On Writing, very simple. It's very, very entertaining. But one of the things that he says, and I'm going to try to do, is that you need to treat it like a job. So you sit down from 10 to 1 or whatever your, wherever your circadian rhythm takes you, and you sit down. And you don't, you don't leave. You give, you've got three hours and you're going to try, like you can do it by page. You can say five pages or you could just say three hours. And if you can't think of anything, then fine. You can twiddle your thumbs, but that's your job is to sit there for three hours and stare at, you know, the dust motes in the sunlight or whatever and, and see what you, and if you can't come up with anything, then maybe this isn't for you. Another thing I've heard is write what you know. Well, there's that too. Yeah. So that's why I'm writing about fairies in 14th century Austria. Well, <laughs> I think that goes without saying. <laughs> I um I want to talk about that old trope. <laughs> I want to talk. Uh, we're, this is uh, Maureen Holloway, uh, who's our very special guest, and I've got a, a, a million other questions for her. But before we continue, I want to say thank you to our friends. At Matla Bonar, they are uh, my friends who've been selling mattresses for over 30 years now in the Montreal area, a family that somehow, for some reason, became obsessed with making sure that uh, Montrealers, Quebecers, and now people all across the country with the internet get a better night's sleep. And that's their thing. That's their passion. When you go to a Matla Bonar store... All you will find are mattresses, pillows, linens, things that pertain to a better night's sleep. You'll be warmly welcomed in a beautiful store that's only dedicated to a good night's sleep. Can't buy a washer there. You can't buy a recliner there. It's just all about a better night's sleep. And uh, you'll be warmly greeted, asked a couple of questions, and you will find the right thing that will change the way you sleep. Whether, you know, your kids have gone off to college and you're going to redo the guest room or you're moving or downsizing or maybe like me you were sleeping on a mattress for far too many years and uh, it's time to get it updated and they'll tell you all about the latest sleep technologies there's 18 locations in and around the montreal area you can visit them online at matlabonheur.ca mo let's talk about some of the the really what are when you look back what are some of the highlights like i I, you know, you saw Led Zeppelin in England. That's one that comes to mind, and I wasn't there. So, But you've told some great stories over the years. Have you done any reflecting and thought, oh, yeah, that was great? Well, no. I, uh, uh, yeah, I haven't. I haven't. You know, sometimes the kids will be talking about somebody, and I'll go, oh, yeah, I met them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like I, we've met everybody. Yeah. Right? We really have. Yeah. Well, you were in Toronto. You met more people than we did. More people oh. went through Toronto than Montreal. Yeah. That's yeah, true, yeah. and and big stations, and we had yeah. a lot of we had a lot of great guests, and right yeah. up until uh, the the pandemic, right? Uh, you know, they were coming through, and um, and does anybody? Well, geez, I, the greatest interview I ever had was Leonard Cohen, wow. uh, oddly enough, who came through Toronto, although of course he's Mr. Montreal or was, and um, was it a tough I, interview? What's that? Was it a tough interview, Leonard Cohen? No. Because I was 22, and he had all the time in the world for me. Oh, that's hilarious. 
Gotcha. <laughs> you know, I look back on that now. I thought he was this decrepit old man, and he was probably in his fifties, and yeah. he was absolutely charming. I yeah. mean, like no, like he wouldn't believe and funny and. <laughs> You know, I think he was p promoting the it was around the same time that Jennifer Warrens had put out famous blue raincoat. Right. And he was talking about, you know, I was asking, him, well, how do you feel when people tell you you can't sing? And he said, well, the same way Bob Dylan feels. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, that was like and then I, I had no idea at the time what a legendary I mean, yeah. I did, but I didn't, you know, because his his renown has only grown since he's passed away. Right. Um, but the privilege, the privilege that I had, and, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, radio was as important as television, if not more so when it came to music, obviously. So we had access to to legends that came through um, and uh, and not not anymore. And I think this is going to change everything, too. Yeah. I mean, I. I was taught, I interviewed uh, Michael Bublé in this room, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, he wasn't in this room, I was. <laughs> um, and he was really impressed by my my Ikea bookshelves. <laughs> you know, Bublé, you live in a $25 million mansion in Vancouver. You can get these. <laughs> and you can have somebody put them together for you. <laughs> I did not have. Um, so I think that's going to change. I think that we're not, we're going to be doing more or rather broadcasters and media people will be doing all their interviews on, on zoom or Skype or teams or whatever you use. And we won't have that opportunity that those awkward moments of meeting people in person and having to make small talk before the, uh, right. The microphone. Well, that's kind on. of, that's that, kind that of unfortunate. Really yeah. That's kind yeah. of too bad. Uh, yeah. let me ask you this, Mo, when TV came along, everybody was saying, well, that's the end of radio. TV is going to wipe out radio and it didn't, but no. now the internet has come along and I think it's different. I think the, I mean, I we've agree. already seen it. It has changed the radio landscape and not for the better as far as radio yeah. goes. And yet, yeah. And I agree. I think, I think television and radio will, will meet their demise because of the internet because the internet will replace both of, and maybe even films as well. I mean, why would you go to a, I mean, other than the experience of seeing something on a massive screen, what when you can stream it at home in your very comfortable place with yeah. your friends in your screening room if you've got you know that kind of setup then why would you go out all forms of legacy media we had a columnist from la presse in here the other day as a guest uh mark cassavi and la presse has not had a print edition for years it's and, all right? online now, and they have more readers now yeah 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 but one thing i'll tell you that the internet can't replace and i'm thinking more again about <clears throat> my youngest son who started who took a year off and then started law school and then, you know, was sent home to do classes in December when we went into lockdown again and hates doing like, there's something about being in person yeah. in school when you're called upon it's, it's, it's that can't be replaced. I think no. the learning experience still, certainly if you're a med student, I kind of hope you had some hands-on experience yeah, yeah. there. <laughs> well, and I think even for, you know, my it, my wife Jess is just, you know, she's three or four months into a new job in Vancouver and she's not been into the office. And, wow. you, and you know what happens when you get a new gig, you like to get into the office and sort of learn the lay of the land and whose desk is where and what door you shouldn't go into and that all of that's disappeared. And I think that changes the dynamic of companies. It sure as hell does. And then also, and I'm not even kidding, what about office romances? Yeah. 
I mean, really? <laughs> High five. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What about office romances? Never thought I mean, of that. How's that going to happen? But, and when you think of, you know, and this is one of the great things that I tell younger broadcasters, uh, when younger broadcasters ask me anything, when we end up talking, you know, I talk about the fact that, um, Ted and, you know, it's a, well, you know, they would, we'd talk about, you know, things that we did, like, what did you guys do for, you know, what kind of promotions were you involved in? And I said, well, they, you know, they used to fly us, uh, KLM flew us business class to, uh, Amsterdam, uh, where we spent two weeks in five-star hotels, uh, <laughs> eating fancy food and, uh, going up and down the canals and yeah, like those, those, it's hard to believe those days ever existed. You know, remember when a trip for two to pick the destination. Tiptoe through yeah. the tulips with Terry and Ted. <laughs> That was the name of the promotion. We did that three years in a row. And didn't you... Really? Yeah. And didn't you broadcast from London? Which, if you're a morning show host, the greatest thing ever. Yeah, we did the... uh, uh, We went twice. Uh, Once for the... This is when I was at Q107. We went to the Led Zeppelin uh, reunion concert. This I'm going to admit something that I swore I would never, ever, (laughs) ever admit. We left early. Left the concert early? (laughs) Yes. I've heard that song before. Uh, let's roll. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> it was pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it was just that we weren't given seats. We were in the press room. Yeah. So you might as well be at home. Yeah. And then they allowed us to come into the, uh, to walk into the back of, uh, it was it, was it at the Big O? It no, was, it was not Big O. The, the, yeah, yeah, the something zero, yeah. the zero something. The something zero. Yeah. Huge, huge. Yeah. Might as well be the Big O. Yeah. And we're at the back. And for some reason, I was wearing high heels. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. And we're standing there, and we're, like, miles away from the stage. And, yeah, there's a screen behind it. But, again, it was like, ugh. And you're miles away from downtown. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take you an hour, hour and a half if you leave with the crowds. So we said, by we, I mean my husband and I. And I guess some of the people we were there with said, well, well, let's just go. And as we're walking out, there were people like, you know, a hundred deep around the, 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 uh, what do you call them? The fences that were being held back. And they saw us walking out and you could hear people going, you're not going. (laughs) And what, what I, one of the things I liked about that trip was because of the time difference, I thought there's got to be a way we could learn how to do a morning show and live in England. Well, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Were you broadcasting live? Yes. From but, there, because so your morning show started at noon. Then yeah, it started at noon. Yeah, yes. just the greatest yeah. thing ever. Can I, I? You know what? Now that you've made that confession, I will make a confession. I I don't even remember the year, um, but it was at uh, I think it was it was a a big outdoor show it was in the eighties. And it was out in this big rolling hills outdoor venue that they have in England. And it was filled. Nebworth. Nebworth. That was it. Nebworth. Nebworth. And it was a contest to go to Nebworth with, uh, with uh, the radio station. And uh, there was me and a couple of friends. And I was completely clueless. And we go to Nebworth. We get on the train. And we go to Nebworth. And it's, it's raining like it's Iwo Jima. <laughs> Like it's, it's, it's like the islands rain. It's like raining sideways and we get off the train and there's a sign that says, you know, concert this way, follow the arrow and the mud 
people are losing their shoes in the mud because it's yeah. so deep. And we make our way through the mud up to Nebworth, and it's kind of like a rolling hill, and we we couldn't get near the stage. And the sound was being fed through a series of speakers, 100,000 people there. And I was wet and I was covered in mud. And it was, you know, it was Phil Collins singing, but it was, you know, it was da 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 And I finally said, we we got to go. We got to go. And my producer said to me, you can't go because we have to phone into the radio station. And I said... That's okay. And we went back to the hotel and we put on the BBC. You turned on Phil Collins. No, we put on the BBC who were covering it live. Oh. And I said, yes, it's quite the scene here where. (laughs) Not exactly Edward R. Murrow. And I put put the microphone in front of the speaker in the hotel room with a drink in one hand and the microphone in the other. I think that's quite brilliant. Wow. Yeah, but I was. Yeah, I was. I was. (laughs) It is worse, isn't it? It's worse, worse, worse than leaving Led Zeppelin early. Because yeah. you, you, were, you were duplicitous. Yeah, I know. I, I feel shame to this day. I feel shame. I think that's quite creative. I, I'm impressed. I'm for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you another quick story. Yes. It was actually a very positive story, really nice story. It was um, They were having that party for the Tears Are Not Enough thing. Yes. That they put on, and it was at Casaloma in Toronto, and it was just everybody who was in every Canadian famous person that you could imagine was there. And I was there with my little tape recorder, and I had to interview all these people, right. and nobody I didn't know them. I was this was again just at the beginning of my career. And Brian Adams, who was the first person I ever interviewed, I said, oh, "Hi, Brian. Hi, it's Maureen Holloway." <laughs> That's how I talked then, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Hey, how are you doing?" And I said, "I I need to get some tape from people here." And he said, "Here." He took my hand. He took my tape recorder and the wow. microphone and went all over the place. And we talked to every famous person from Lover Boy to Leanna, Leona Boyd. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Wow. What a cool. nice guy. Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very nice man, yeah. Brian Adams. He was in London. I didn't look him up when yeah. I was there. <laughs> Hi, it's Maureen <laughs> I saw Brian Adams at the Knob Hill Tavern in Scarborough in probably 1980 or 81. Yeah, I saw him wow. at the Norlander Hotel in Winnipeg. Is that in, right? Yeah, 1981, yeah. He was wearing a... Uh I, I'm a, I was going to say, I can't, you're not supposed to use this term anymore, but he was wearing what they call a wife beater, you know, the yes, a singlet, a, a singlet. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Quite the singlet. When yes. we saw him, I saw him with Jerry Forbes. Jerry and I were at the Nobby getting wow. all liquored up yeah. and Brian Adams had on a t-shirt that was a cartoon strip. It was covered in like, mm-hmm. a, I don't, I forget what the cartoon strip was. And I said, nice shirt. I read it on Sunday <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed. Hey, Mo, do you, was there a time when, you know, I remember I was, when I was first in Toronto and I was, I was with Jess and I said, you know, Mo is, Mo's a big deal in Toronto. Everybody knows who she is. And, you know, uh, she's friends with, you know, Marilyn Dennis and, and all, all of the hoi polloi in Toronto know who she is. And she turns in those circles. Do you remember where you went from the, you know, the 22 year old who didn't know anything? Do you remember a time where you went, oh, the, uh, I'm I'm not that person anymore. Like I'm not that get a load of me. I'm famous, but you know the the moment where you think, 
oh shit, this is working. Like, don't you know who I am? Moment. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know how to put it, but you know what I'm saying, right? Because you, you, I've never made the mistake. Unlike Montreal, Montreal is a very small town in a lot of ways, right? Yes. And and you can't walk down the street, uh, either one of you, without people knowing who you are, and that's probably true to this day. But Toronto is very different. Um, You know, the here today, gone tomorrow. So I never ever made. The assumption that anybody would know who I was because that you know, disaster lies there, yeah. uh, and nobody really gives um, a rat's ass. But there was a time I was doing a, I was a queue at the time, and and they had a huge billboard campaign. They had a few. Uh, they put a lot of this is back when they put a lot of money into yeah. advertising. Some places still do, and uh, and there was a. Um, there was a poster of me and Derringer, and it was it, it was a billboard the side of a building. Yeah. Like the whole side of a building, yeah. like a 40-story building. It was huge. And John, my husband, was working uh, in the building across the street at that time. And somebody said, how come you don't have a picture of your wife in your office? <laughs> 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 That's fantastic. It's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but there was there a moment where you go... Because we're performers are notoriously insecure. Was there a moment where you thought to yourself, "Okay, I belong here with no. these people"? No, eh? Never I think you should say that, eh? No, never. No, never. That, it, no, it, it's our insecurity. Nothing... It, John said this to you and me once. We were I don't know where we were in yeah. Chicago or someplace yeah. like that. One of these boozy trips that we took. Yes. And John, my husband, who's just you know such a wonderful person in so many ways and really gets this industry and really, and he's, by the way, he's an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, yeah. He, he looks, he's in real estate. He has nothing to do with radio. And he said to Terry and me, Ted, he said, you guys, you're just, you, you're just waiting. We suffer from imposter syndrome. Yep. He said, you're just waiting for somebody to turn around and go, ha, you yeah. don't know what you're doing. Never yeah. did, well, listen, never I've always said that on the celebrity food chain, Local radio personality is just above rodeo clown <laughs> and just below team mascot. More people know who yes. Yuppie is than know who I am. Yes. And that and that keeps it in perspective right. for me. And I've always found the recognition is just enough that it's flattering. Right. But yes. I, I wanna yeah, I agree. I wanna make something clear. I'm not talking about Get a load of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand I that. I'm yeah. talking yeah. about, you know, there were people in the industry. When I first walked into the building on Fort Street in Montreal, there was George Balkin and Gord Sinclair and Ted Blackman yeah. and these giants of the business that I listened to when I was a kid. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't belong here. Yeah. That I, I don't know. When they find out, uh, you know, I'm never getting in this club. And then yeah. there was a time towards the end of my run where I thought, well, I, I, I guess I do belong. I guess I do know what I'm doing. And then they so said, get out. And then they pushed me out. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right, Mo. You should never That's think that. I went, from, I went from being in absolute awe of the people yes. that I was privileged to work yes. with to thinking, you know what? Yeah. Not, 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 so, not so, and this is going to sound awful, but it's like, I, I think I can do better now. I think, right. and that's because the industry has changed. I think it's time for me to go on and do something. I agree. More challenging. I agree. And and have more authentic conversations and connect in a more sincere way. Right. Like we're 
trying to do here yeah. than what I've been able to do in recent years. You don't want to do that a, makes sense? Yes. You don't want to do a text uh text poll on Valentine's Day? <laughs> Christ. Oh. Chocolate or flowers? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's um, your favorite candy bar? <laughs> I uh, want to take a moment to uh, say hi to our friends at Merson. Um, Merson have been looking after my car and Ted's car for um, a hillion billion years. Yeah, I'd really like to get it back at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Mersons, uh, both, both Ted and I, what we know about cars, you could write on a dime and still have room for your name, as the old saying goes. I, I don't know anything about anything when it comes to cars. And years ago, I, I had a used car. And uh, I got it repaired, and boy, did I get tooken, as they say. And uh, somebody said, you should take that to the Mersons. And I met the Mersons. The Mersons are a family. Uh, their name is up on the, the shop wall where it's been for over 50 years, now onto the third generation. And they made their mark selling tires and changing tires and storing tires. And Montrealers began to trust them for their brakes, their oil changes, everything that has anything to do with a car. They can either fix for you or they know who can get it done for you. There isn't much they can't do. No, but when you do have something that falls outside of their bailiwick, yeah. they'll send you to the right place. Right. And I've, I've experienced that with them like two or three times. Right. You need this. We don't do it, but go to this guy. And everybody they send me to is as competent and honest as they are. And if you go every spring and fall like I used to do, um, they you run into the same people in, in the waiting room because... Those are the folks that just trust their cars, you know, year after year. And then, and it's generations of customers dealing with different generations of Mersons. Anyway, that's the place you want to take your car. The Mersons have been longtime supporters of ours from the days of traditional media to the podcast. Visit them at MersonAuto.com. I tried to make a joke about the Mersons on the last episode, Mo. We were talking about how they can, uh, th their mechanics are all fully trained in electric vehicles. They have all the training and equipment that they need to service electric vehicles as well as in, uh, internal combustion engine vehicles. And I tried to say if you drive a Flintstone car, uh, they can fix that and they have a podiatrist on site to look at your brakes. <laughs> Did anybody get it? Well, I couldn't get it out. I couldn't say podiatrist. I went like the timing was just totally off. A podiatrist. Yeah, but it worked. But it worked that time, and I knew that she's a good room. So I've redeemed myself. You can take it from here. My work is done. Any disasters that come immediately to mind, Mo? Disasters on air? Yeah. Um. Oh. Yeah, but they were mostly caused by behind-the-scenes problems, right. you know? It wasn't, yeah. wasn't anybody being a difficult guest. It was usually somebody being a difficult host. Yes, yeah. Or being a difficult, uh, yeah, usually a difficult host. Right. Um, well, you... It, you know, we're fragile. Morning radio in particular. Yeah. It is a dark and lonely place uh, from <laughs> 5 o'clock on, and people are not usually at their best. Well, and you came up at a time, as you pointed out early in the, this podcast, you came up at a time where there were not many models. There are not a lot of women. Um, you know, that, that took a long time to come around. And uh, I, I'm not so sure now, like, with the way things are, I'm not so sure I would want to be on the radio now with the way things are. You, no, no, no. no it's, it's, no. Um, it's, I mean, Ted still hosts a morning show. 
God bless you, Ted. Um, but he he's he's felt the you know the pressure of uh, correct correct speak. You know you you're you're not well, well especially with, especially with social media now. Yeah. You have to be careful yeah. what you say on social media because if you're not, somebody complains, then you get the memo. Watch your step. And, you know you know how it is. That's a really good point. I I wouldn't want first of all I wouldn't want my kids to get into to media even no. right now that they're not going to they're they're already launched in another direction. But um, I was having, uh, I, I was contemplating a, a, uh, going back into radio and a news talk uh, oh, yeah. uh, situation. And one kid said, because my sons are 28 and 23. And one said, uh, oh, mom, that's not good. You don't have a filter. Um, and if we're, you know, if we were going to talk for four hours, there's no way you'd get through one shift without offending somebody. That's right. exactly but, why you should. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But then side. my other son said, you're not well informed enough. <laughs> Is that the judge who said that? <laughs> Already on his high horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My 22-year-old son, Mo, is taking media at Ryerson. Which is this? Sam. Is this Sam? Yeah, yeah, Sam. Wow. Yeah. And he's... I he, he was born. Yeah, I know. I know. No, he's 22 now, and he's in sports media studies at Ryerson, oh, but he's man. gone. He's already gone beyond sports media. He's doing all kinds of different stuff on the internet, and he's smart, and he's funny, and he didn't get my asshole gene. <laughs> They're lovely boys, aren't they? I, I follow you on social media, and I get I read your uh, your texts with your kids, and they make me laugh out loud. Well, They're great if, kids, I don't they? know if you've watched any of Sam's uh, films on uh, on social media. I post them. He's got his own little YouTube channel, and he's done some pretty funny stuff. And if he had asked me. And maybe he knew better than to ask me, should I get into media? He didn't ask me. He just told me, this is what I'm going to do, Dad. It yeah. would not have been my first choice for him, knowing the right. lay of the land as I do now. But it's what he's passionate about, and he's going to find his way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the kids are all right. I mean, who knew? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but was it, Mo, was it your oldest or youngest who was creatively inclined? They're both creatives, but the youngest, Rowan yeah. is really musical yeah. and writes that. Yeah. Uh, Aiden, Aiden is a, as a, as an elder child, an older child. Um, I don't know where you guys are in your birth order, but the older one carries the, uh, the cares of the world on yeah. their shoulders. Not even if, it, even if they were placed there, right? they feel responsible. So Aiden's always been like, Aiden's a terrific actor and one of the funniest people, like just fall down funny. Yeah. Um, but he's cautious, so that's why he's in real estate. Right, <laughs> <laughs> it's important, and he's getting married, and he's all grown up. Yeah. Uh, but Ronan's the musician, and he's also very funny. Yeah, and very funny, creative. very valued in this fan in in, yes. in certain circles. Yeah, that's and, more, most important thing. And if I could wish any, you know, if I could wish one thing for people who are watching or listening to the podcast, you'd love to meet Mo, but you'd you'd even love to meet her her boys even more. They're they are spectacular human beings, the two of them. They're just wonderful people. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But they're, they're our shining accomplishment yeah. if we did nothing else. You know, we yeah. had, we got the, and the, the nice thing now, and uh, Sam is your younger son? No, Sam's the oldest. Well, he's not oh. my eldest, but he's my oldest son. Yeah. Your oldest son. Yes, yeah. you have a daughter as well. The, the nice thing about having young adult children, apart from the fact that you can go, you know, drinking with them. Is that uh, is that a recurring theme? <laughs> 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 
is that once they're launched, they're launched, yeah. you know, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. There's nothing else you can do except, you know, keep inspiring confidence. Right. But you really, you can relax a little bit because your job is pretty much done. So I'm going to ask you for a bit of therapy here, Mo. What's, what's, what's your day like now? Like, do you, do you have a routine? My day's fabulous, actually. Okay. It really is. Do you, do you have a routine or is it different every day? Yeah. Um. So uh, I don't get up until, I wake up around 7. Yeah. I still wake up at 3.30. Yeah, But too. I go back to yeah. sleep. It's yeah. one of the most delicious feelings yeah. in the world. Yeah. Uh, and But then John gets up around 6, 6.30. He's got a big job and yeah. it will for a while. So he gets up. He's been working from home during the panty for the most part. But he will bring me a cup of coffee around eight o'clock, and then I'll do Wordle. <laughs> <laughs> I do Wordle when I get up to pee in the middle of the night. Really? Yeah, you I, must be very good. Well, I a long time to pee. I'm I'm obsessed, is what I am. I find it's it's, it's an obsession. It's a perfect little game, isn't it? Yeah. It's just lovely, and you sh- I share the scores. So I I do that in bed and catch up on my phone, and then I get up around eight thirty. Okay. Um, and, uh, then I read the paper, Mm -hmm. old fashioned paper and have another cup of coffee. And, uh, and then I walk the dogs. Now my eldest dog, I put down two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry about that. That must've been tough. It was, but she was so old. So when I, when I say walk the dogs, it took an, uh, 40 minutes to take her to the end of the block and back. And then my younger dog needed a full walk. So that takes up all of a sudden an hour and a half of your day. Yep. Then I work out, and then I plan dinner, and then I or then I plan vacations, and mm-hmm. um, then I you know talk to Wendy on the phone for an hour <laughs> about what we're gonna do when we grow up, and <laughs> and the day just flies by like a wild horse. Just gonna ask you that because I I your routine says close to mine. Um, without the dogs and other things, but I'm, I'm up, you know, Jess is up before me because she, she works and she's working from the office downstairs and I let her get settled and get her things done. And she goes downstairs and then around eight or eight 30, I wander out of bed and I have a cup of tea and I get online and the morning has a couple of things. And then of course, I'm the guy that does the errands because you yeah. know, I got nothing else to do. So that's fine. And um, and then before you know it, it's like four o'clock, and it's and, cocktail and, time. I, yeah, and I, and and I think, <laughs> yeah, well, where did the day go? And, exactly, and, it's, and, it's, and I love it. Yeah, I really it, love it. Yeah, it's it's really it's really something. And and one of the guys, one of my longtime mentors, Don Percy in Winnipeg, it's one of the things he said to me. He, Don did morning radio for a thousand years, and uh, was one of the all time greats. He uh, said to me, make sure you have a routine, make, you know, yeah. don't, don't sleep until 11 and get all, you know, just have a routine. And, and it's, uh, it's been, it's been fun. And as you know, I started a new chapter off. We went to the West coast. I know. Uh, well, you also got, first of all, you got married yes. and then moved. I yes. mean, these are things that Ted and I did earlier. Yes. In our life. Yeah. A couple yeah. of times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just practice it. Yeah. <laughs> and, but that's so wonderful for yeah. you that you have this this new yeah. experience, new place, and a person in your life on yeah. a regular basis. This is all like this is a wonderful time yeah. for you. Yeah. So it's exciting in in a yeah. way. And and I want this, you know, because we opened we opened the podcast by, you know, 
pissing and moaning a little bit, but I, I don't want people to think that, you know, we're, we're in that headspace because we're not. Well, I, well, let me add something to that. Um, I have made time for my friends and my circle of friends has become smaller and more precious yeah. in the last six months. And I never had time to talk to anybody because, you know, I got to go to bed. And people would say, I never know when to call you because your hours yeah. are weird. And I was so busy, busy, busy. Right. And now in the last six months, I've made an, uh, a concerted effort to spend more time with the people that I hold dear. And it's it's so rewarding because this is what we this is all we really have. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day is yeah. the people that you love and to be able to spend time with them is is the best thing ever. Have you had, uh, I, I've had, how do I, how, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. People, there are people in my, that were in my life, that were in my circle, that I thought were close friends. Oh, yeah. Disappeared. Gonzo. Yeah. Don't hear from them. Yeah, that, I've had that. Yeah, that, that's... You know, and I, 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 I got, I got, a, I got plenty. I got more. <laughs> I got better ones. That's, well, I, like as because uh, you you put it beautifully. You said it, it's become smaller and and more precious. Yeah, and that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, we um, um, we need to talk about the UPS store. Mo, do you need anything shipped? Can I ship you anything, <laughs> Mo? I'm a big fan of UPS. Take it away. <laughs> Well, you were on an errand today yeah. that uh, will require the UPS story. I, it's a long story, and I don't want to bore you with it because it's a boring story. A friend of mine who used to be in Calgary and then moved to Australia and now lives in England. has got two boys. They want hockey sweaters. And I got to get this uh, T-shirt, hockey sweaters, to England. And I was saying to Ted today, I said, you know, I, I want to get this done. I brought them with me from Vancouver because I want to get it done while, while I'm here in Montreal because Montreal's closer to England. Maybe I'll save a couple of bucks. Um, <laughs> And, oh, I think that's good thinking. Yeah, and, and that's I very my, frugal. And I thought, how am I going to do this? What what should I do? And Ted said, "What are you nuts? Go to the UPS store." And because um, I I've used them for years. I tell the story about when we were moving and we found a box of dishes, and my wife said, "Oh my God, what are we going to do with these things?" And then she said, "Take it to the UPS store, where they pack everything, and they just they're so well organized, and especially in this day and age, when people are running businesses from home." Uh, they can shred documents, they can copy things for you, they can send faxes, don't laugh, people still send faxes. They've got packing tape, they've got boxes, they've got the, the styrofoam popcorn, they take care of it all. Small business solutions. Yeah, it really is, and it's um, what I like about it is they're all franchise owners that live in your community, get to know you, and uh, they really are lifesavers when it comes to things like shipping hockey sweaters to England. Um, so I'll have to visit the one that uh, is closest to me tomorrow. UPS Store Canada. UPS Store, theupsstore.ca is uh, where you want to go. Um, and they're a new sponsor, and our thanks to David Drucker and the, uh, uh, what is it, 350... 350 in Canada, 5,000 in North America. How about that? UPS and Store still locations. growing, too. Yep. Um, Mo, have you um, uh, have you chosen other places? It's Bahamas, Charlevoix, Bahamas. You, no, Charlevoix, <laughs> and then... <laughs> that, let's see, you, Charlevoix, and then you went to Miami? Uh, John and I went to play some really bad golf in Miami last week, <laughs> two weeks ago, actually. Was that um, Miami's fault or your fault, the bad golf? 
totally our fault. Really expensive, bad golf. We had a blast. Played four days in a row. Was it, um, is it a, a, and like then, a, yeah, uh, uh, to Banff this weekend just for a oh. couple of days. And then we, we haven't done this. In, this is pretty funny, actually. So we grew up sailing, John and I, little dinghies, family dinghies. And, and then about, about eight years ago, we decided that we would learn how to sail these big boats. Right. And so that we could charter them. And, uh, and we took all sorts of courses and, and uh, went to Greece and Croatia and, and the Caribbean. And, and uh, usually with friends, it's a pretty expensive thing to do. One of my regrets is that I didn't go with you. Well, we're going to go again. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. So, like we're going, we're going, actually we're going with, with Wendy and her husband. Okay, and some great. friends of mine from England and yeah. the Bahamas. But don't tell them. Okay. It's been two years since we've, or two and a half years since we've chartered a boat. Wow. And I said, uh, and they're big boats. This is yeah. a 40-foot catamaran. And I said to John the other day, you're okay, aren't you? <laughs> and uh, he said, well, it, probably. Do we still have the manuals? <laughs> Uh-oh. Bring the life jackets. <laughs> and I've got this mental image of us there with the steering wheel in a book. <laughs> and of course... These two other couples have they, they have absolute confidence in us, and I honestly cannot remember how to tie a knot. Save my life. Hey, and I may you, have to tie a knot to save my life. Uh, please tell me you're staying at the castle in Banff, are you? No, we're, oh. uh, we're staying in Canmore. My oh, oh, friends in Canmore. Oh, okay. Well, that's just as nice. That's oh, just yeah, as nice. Yeah. yeah. No, and we're not. I'd love to stay at the castle, but yeah. we're 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 staying with the, friends. The Banff Springs Hotel. Everybody should do that once, and even if you don't stay there, you should walk through it. Yeah. It's For sure. A, it's, we stayed it last time. Yeah, such a spectacular place and a pretty good place to golf, too, by the way. Yeah. Not so, the winter, uh, but. need to get Fairmont as a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so we, I, know, I know how this works. Yeah, we could all go Fairmonting. <laughs> um, Mo, I, I just, you know, I, you're one of my favorite people on the planet, and I'm so glad you agreed to do this. I, I don't know how oh. to say thank you. Fellas, any time. When I do, when I'm talking about my 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 precious circle, you are part of it. So yeah. please never hesitate. I uh, and I want to be on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, be a woman I want to see. I want to see if we can make Wendy Mesley laugh. Oh, she she snorts. She's hilarious. I love yep. me a snorter. <laughs> we'll make it happen. All God, right. God, geez, this was fun. We covered just about everything I wanted to yeah. too. This, this. Oh, is, I got more. Invite uh, me yeah. back. Uh, well, we will. My dog down. It's hilarious. We really. <laughs> <laughs> God, because I I but said I didn't want to tell you about it. That's the that's the worst email, you know. When because I saw uh, you put it on social media, and I didn't want to say anything on social media. And I, honest to God, I began to I began to tear up, and I think I just sent you like a note you that did. said you did. Just, but you just know, want it, to wish it, you strength. Every I mean I I think if I do write, I want to write you know like. Uh, Hilarious stories about horrible situations. Well, yeah. we're not under any time constraints here. Let's let's hear the story. That's the thing I was just going to say. The wonderful thing about podcasts is away don't. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just getting a little backtracking here. So I've been sort of the angel of death for the last... Well, it started with my dad five years ago who suffered from dementia and, and uh, as the eldest child... Uh, and the power of attorney or, or of health fell to me. So he had dementia and he had no quality of life. And so uh, someone suggested to me that you couldn't put him on a, a level of care where should he get sick, there is no 
um, uh, no heroics, but also like no, they don't give you antibiotics if you have an infection. Like this is, it's a hard decision to make. So it becomes a palliative situation. A palliative situation. So I, 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 it, uh, I talked to his doctor and he advised it. And so we put him on level one care or whatever they call it. And, and he got an infection the next day and died a week oh my later. Gosh. So I'm carrying that with me. All right. Um, but it was the right thing. And then my mother, uh, a year ago went in to have minor surgery, laparoscopic surgery at St. Mary's in Montreal. And, uh, things went south and she just had a, they, and I, I was, it was the middle of the pandemic and I was lucky enough to, to be able to go to Montreal. We drove and she was already on life support at that point. And they asked me, you know, could they take her off life support? So I had to, I checked with my brother and sisters, but I had to take that, uh, make that decision. And it was rough because my mother and I hadn't seen each other in two years before that. So it was, it was really brutal. So when it came to the dog and please don't, you know, mistake this, I'm taking this seriously, but my dog was 16, a large breed dog. They don't usually live that long. She'd been deaf and blind for years. So I kept saying, we got to put the dog down. <laughs> and my family's horrified with me. I'm like, let's, let's put the dog down, damn it. I've done it for my parents. Oh, my God. Why are we letting this dog? And this started three years ago. And was oh. she suffering, Mo? No, no, but she was deaf and blind, and she couldn't get up. And she's, So she, she had, had no, no quality of life. She had no quality of life. But, it, like, the boys my, and my husband are all like, we're not ready. Yeah. And so I'd let it go for six months and then we'd be, we'd carry her up to the cottage and you'd have to carry, she's 75 pounds. I can't lift her in and out of the car. So anyway, finally, uh, I had, <laughs> sounds awful, but I had my way. <laughs> <laughs> you should call the book, the angel of death. <laughs> No, I, I know what you're saying, Mo. You know what I'm yes, saying? yeah, and it's like that sure. wasn't the hardest thing I had to do yeah. the last few years. Yeah. She was, and, and, yeah. and it, it was brutal. Yeah, um, and but we took you, her to the vet. You were with her. Oh, John and I were with her. They only let you have two people in with her um, because of, of of the pandemic and so on. And and, and it 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 was awful. Yeah, um, she hates the vet. Didn't want to be there. Yeah. But while we were gone, the two boys were here, and they decided that that would be a good night to get into tequila, in, in you know, in, in honor of Asta. So <laughs> right. when we got back, they were hammered. <laughs> <laughs> What's Homer Simpson say? Alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. <laughs> and of course, we joined them, and the yeah. next day we were all so horribly hungover <laughs> and sad. Was it good tequila, I hope? It's good tequila, <laughs> okay, and I good. think that's the way Astor would have wanted yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know Anyways. what? There's, there, that's a chapter in the book, Mo, for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, honestly, because well, and and I can see how how difficult it was for you because your uh, eye your eyes are glassy and that those are those. No, are, that's the tequila. That, <laughs> <laughs> those those are big, big, big decisions. Big and decisions. I think I'm done now. Right? Yeah, yeah, I hope yeah. Done. I hope so. Touch wood. Yeah, no I kidding. Looks, a happy anniversary to your parents. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. How was that? That isn't that unbelievable. That's Incredible. They're going to outlive us all. Telling, I believe that. I'm telling you. I believe 65 that. 65 years. How about they that? They fantastic. Eh? They do. My father's still playing hockey. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's we're, As we said on the weekend, 
just before this recording, we had a little gathering for, for the, the family got together for it. And, you know, my, my father said, and I said, boy, we, boy, are we blessed. Yeah. We were lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so are, right. are we ending on the dog dying? Is that what yeah. we're I could on? tell you the story Jesus about my Christ. cat dying, but I, I don't want to steal her thunder. That's a good story. That's a good story to go out it on. Is. Yeah. It really is. Um, Mo, I, I can't wait till we break bread and drink wine and have laughs. Me neither. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. I, I so miss that. We used to, yeah. when I lived in Montreal, we would make a weekend of going to Toronto and it would all begin in the beautiful kitchen in the beautiful home of Maureen and John. Uh, and that's where the first drink was drank. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it went from there. That, that, those are all my, some of the, well, my favorite nights. Again. Yeah. That's for sure. Listen, Thank you so much for having me on your show. As I say, uh, every time I talk to you, give my love to the boys. You know, I will. To John, the boys, and, uh, and uh, give Wendy our best. I will. And we'll be in touch over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to want to talk to you more about the world of podcasts. Yes. Like we know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know shit Lovely from Shinola, but we're going to we're going to help. We get Poseidon, the god of the sea, That's steering right. us through these stormy waters. That's right. <laughs> I love you, Mo. Thank you. Love you too. Bye. Bye guys. Bye Mo. Bye. Bye bye. That's uh, Maureen Holloway and uh, that's a new format for us for the uh having the guest uh, throughout the show. I thought that worked out pretty well, actually. I, I thought she yeah. was Well, great. it helps when you have a fantastic guest. Yep, yeah. yep, and she was a fantastic guest. And she's still there listening to us. Oh, no. No, no, she's gone. She hung out. She's had enough of us. Yeah, that's enough yeah. of those guys. <laughs> I've had enough of us, and I'm one of us. <laughs> Maureen Holloway, it's, like I said, she um, she was on the radio here for many, in Montreal for many, many years. Um, and if you're in the uh, Toronto area, even if you're in the Vancouver area or Calgary area, you probably remember she was all over the place. She's just one of the one of the loveliest people you'd ever want to meet. And know? even if you don't know her, you can yeah. tell from yeah. that conversation how yeah. sharp and funny she is, and you can just imagine how good she was on the radio. Oh man, was she terrific! Um, a big thank you to the folks at uh, Jaguar Land Rover Laval and uh, our friends at the Mersons the uh, UPS Store Canada, and also to my friends at Matla Bonner. And to Poseidon. Poseidon? Yes. Grazie. De nada, senores. Okay. Thank you for staying with us on that one. Oh, uh, no no problem. Okay. I've had well, a long day, but I'm a um, trooper. Yeah, you, yeah, you are. He yeah, is that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're done. Yep. Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, where the luxury is unmistakably British, but nobody wears a top hat or a monocle.